0: Hi, guys. Thanks for keeping on listening. We are away on parental leave right now.
1: Yes, but we still wanted to make sure that you guys had content to listen to while we were away. So here is one of our oldies, but goodies.
0: Check out the website for some updated notes on this particular episode since our recording. Hope you enjoy, and we'll see you when we're back. Hello, everyone. Welcome again. I'm Nick. I'm Faye. And we are back with another episode of pre Over Coffee. Coffee.
1: For our next few episodes, we are going to be talking a lot about pregnancy. So our arc will be Nick and Faye's fabulous adventure through pregnancy. I love it. going to start with the physiological changes of pregnancy. This will be part one, and our next episode will be part two.
0: Perfect. So for our learning objectives for the next two episodes, we're going to be talking about physiological changes of pregnancy through the immune system, hematologic system, cardiovascular system, pulmonary, and renal systems. Additionally, we're going to be talking about vaccinations that are recommended in pregnancy. And lastly, we're going to talk a lot about why pregnant women are prone to anemia.
1: When I first started researching this topic, Nick, I was like brought back to first year of medical school Um, (laughs) (laughs) because I had to relearn the immune system.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. That was like a nightmare.
1: Right. I was definitely brought back to my step one days. The nice thing is as I started reading about it, it seemed like everything made sense. Like Everything logically goes from one step into the next. So bear with me as we kind of barrel through the immune system first. Hey,
0: if you've made it click into place, I'm really excited to hear.
1: <laughs> pregnancy is a really interesting time for the immune system because essentially the maternal system still needs to be able to prevent infection, but it also has to tolerate this new tissue that's inside the uterus or else every pregnancy would lead to a spontaneous miscarriage. There's also been some research suggesting that dysregulation of the maternal immune system is what leads to things like preterm birth and other pregnancy-related complications like preeclampsia. So clearly, the immune system is very important for pregnancy. But one thing that never made sense to me, we're always taught that a woman's immune system or immune response decreases when they're pregnant. But as we know, whenever a pregnant woman comes into the emergency room or you get blood work their white count is way higher than what we would consider normal for someone who's not pregnant, right? Yeah, that's right. That never, never made sense to me. To really understand what's going on, we kind of have to go all the way back to the first year of medical school where we learned about the two parts of the immune system. Do you remember what those two parts are, Nick?
0: Oh, geez. Um, I obviously was not paying attention during this part of medical school, so <laughs> I think you're going to have to help me out here, Faye.
1: If you remember, we have the nonspecific and the specific portions of your immune system. So the nonspecific portion of the immune system includes all of your barriers, right? Your skin, your mucous membranes, your stomach acid, um, and importantly for pregnancy, your cervical mucus. And I generally think that the nonspecific immune system tends to increase. So your cervical mucus, for example, gets thicker, and it doesn't allow bacteria or anything like that to get up into the uterus. The other part of the nonspecific immune system is also your innate immunity. So these are, if you remember, like your phagocytes, your natural killer cells, your monocytes, all of those cells that basically indiscriminately kill off things that don't have your own tags, right? Yeah. These cells do tend to increase during pregnancy. Um, And since the majority of your white cells tend to be neutrophils, your white cells overall do increase with pregnancy. Okay. However, things like your lymphocytes, basophils, eosinophils, those kind of remain the same when you're pregnant.
0: So it's really the neutrophils overall. It's
1: really the neutrophils overall that increase. So that brings us to the specific part of your immune system or the adaptive immune system. And this is the part of your immune system that can ID certain pathogens and target those pathogens very specifically. Okay. So yeah. for example, this is where you have your T-cells, your B-cells, you know, where you have helper T-cells and things like that that can produce cytokine to specifically target a pathogen. And hmm. this is the part of your immune system that doesn't work as well when you're pregnant.
0: Got it. So I guess that makes a lot more sense now why we need to give vaccines in pregnancy. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: So, yeah, if your adaptive immunity or this, like, very specific immunity is weakened during pregnancy, I guess then vaccines are helping to beef up that part of the immune system. They're, like, helping the immune system to remember some of these specific pathogens that could be threatening during pregnancy. Always remember during pregnancy, we want to beef up the adaptive immune system rather than challenged with live vaccines. So all of the vaccines that we recommend in pregnancy are inactivated as opposed to live vaccines. The two that we most commonly think about would, number one, be the flu vaccine. The seasonal injectable flu vaccine is safe in pregnant women. And we also know that the flu vaccine helps to reduce some of the more severe complications that pregnant women are prone to when they get the flu. Things like post-viral pneumonia, ICU admission, or other poor outcomes for mom or for the infant. The second vaccine that we tend to give in pregnancy as well is the Tdap vaccine, tetanus, diphtheria, acellular pertussis. And what we really think about with that is the acellular pertussis portion because that is the vaccine against whooping cough, which baby is definitely susceptible to once Tdap is supposed to be administered sometime around 27 to 36 weeks gestation to basically maximize mom's response and allow for passive antibody transfer via the colostrum to the newborn. But it could be given at any time during pregnancy for other reasons. For instance, if you had somebody step on a rusty nail and they needed a tetanus shot, you could give it at 14 weeks.
1: And so those are kind of the two most commonly given vaccines during pregnancy, and certainly the only ones that are recommended by ACOG. And the one thing that, we, that does bear repeating is that you should not be giving live vaccines during pregnancy. We've talked about the immune system, we've talked about vaccines, and we've really talked about um, white blood cells and why they increase during pregnancy. Um, so I think that naturally leads us into the hematologic changes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Again, white blood cells are going to increase during pregnancy, and you know, with the general marker being like 10,000 for somebody who is non-pregnant, a pregnant person can easily have white blood cells 12, 13, 15,000, um, and that'd be a totally normal value. Platelets are another marker to look for during pregnancy because over the course of pregnancy, platelets tend to decrease slightly but they usually stay above at least 100,000. If you're seeing platelet counts that are less than this, there are certain things that you want to look for. The most common cause is gestational thrombocytopenia, but don't forget that severe thrombocytopenia is a diagnostic marker for preeclampsia with severe features. So if you have suspicion for that going on, that can be another reason you have platelet decrease. Another portion of the hematologic system that we often think about coming from platelets are coagulation and fibrinolysis, or clot breakdown. Essentially with this, you're going to have an increase in clotting factors, things that cause clotting. And this can be easy to remember because we know that pregnant women overall are at bigger risk for things like DVTs and pulmonary emboli. Um, Pregnant women also experience a decrease in their overall anti-clotting factors, Um, And they also have decreased fibrinolysis. Obviously, these things are helpful because when we think about delivery in and of itself, you're going to lose blood. So it's nice that you clot up a little more (laughs) effectively than the average person. Right. But that can also work against you when you have those risk factors for DVTs and PEs. Faye, why don't I throw it to you with red blood cells? Okay.
1: So this kind of gets into a a lot of the meaty portions of why pregnant women become anemic with pregnancy. As we know, sometimes the hemoglobin for pregnant women can start to decrease. So this makes people think that maybe they have decreased red blood cell production or there's a decrease in red blood cell mass when you're pregnant. And that's actually not true. We know that by the end of pregnancy, due to an increase in erythropoietin production by sometimes as much as 50%, there is an increase in red blood cell mass by about 20 to 30%. The reason that people actually begin to get anemia or have lower hemoglobin as they progress through their pregnancy is that the plasma volume increases at a much higher rate than the actual red blood cell mass. However, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be considering other forms uh, or other causes of anemia during pregnancy. So remember that in pregnancy, the definition of anemia in the first and third trimester is a hemoglobin of less than 11 um, or a hemoglobin of less than 10.5 in the second trimester. And if you do see somebody who has a significantly lowered hemoglobin, you should be thinking of other reasons why they could have anemia other than just increased plasma volume of pregnancy. So things like making sure that there is sufficient supply of iron, B12, folate, all of those things, those would be some good labs to consider ordering if Mm. if someone does have a lower hemoglobin. In terms of the plasma volume, we were saying that it expands much more quickly than the red blood cell mass. Um, And we know that plasma volume actually increases by 10 to 15% just in the first 6 to 12 weeks of gestation um, and continues to expand up until about 30 to 34 weeks of gestation where it plateaus. By term, the total gain in volume is about 1.1 to 1.6 liters, or a total overall volume of 4.7 to 5.2 liters, which is a 30 to 50% gain above a non pregnant woman. And the reason that this happens is you have systemic vasodilation. So, when you have systemic vasodilation and overall systemic um, decrease in resistance, you have this underfilled vascular system which essentially targets your renin and angiotensin system to increase that activity, decrease atrial natriuretic peptide, and basically it tells your kidneys to hold onto fluid. So that's why as you have this increase in plasma volume, increase in fluid, you have this disproportion of fluid to red blood cell mass. And the greatest disproportion is usually around late second to early third trimester, which is when you see that big dip in hemoglobin.
0: Wow, you really just gave me a horrible flashback back to renal in medical school. You talked about renin angiotensin. Oh,
1: there's more to come, Nick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think at this point we probably need to take a pause and summarize what exactly we've talked about today. Because I don't know about you, but it feels like I haven't had my coffee at this point. Kind of what we talked about today, we started out with the immune system and Faye did an awesome job talking through this, but kind of for me when I've forgotten all of this immune stuff, we've got two parts of our immune system. There's innate or nonspecific immunity and then adaptive or specific immunity. In pregnancy, this innate or nonspecific immunity becomes the primary driver of increased white blood cells during your pregnancy. Whereas the adaptive immunity, the T cells, B cells, things that target specific pathogens, drop overall. And so at this point, we need to boost the immune system. So we give certain vaccines.
1: Nick also talked about the hematologic system, talking about how your white blood cell counts do go up because of the neutrophils. Your platelets are going to decrease. Your coagulation and fibrinolysis. Um, basically, you're going to be procoagulant during the pregnancy, so increase in those procoagulant factors and decrease in the anticoagulant factors. And overall, we do see a little bit of a decrease in hemoglobin in pregnancy because even though you're increasing red blood cell mass, you're also disproportionately increasing the plasma volume. So that's two systems that we've talked about. So that means next time, that leaves us the cardiovascular, venal, and pulmonary systems.
0: Oh boy, get excited. So guys, if you liked this podcast, take some time, rate us on iTunes.
1: And if you have any questions or any specific topic like, that you'd like to hear, or if we missed something on this episode, please let us know um, by emailing us at creogsovercoffee at gmail.com. That is spelled C-R-E-O-G-S overcoffee at gmail.com.
0: So one more time, I'm Nick.
1: This is Faye.
0: And this has been Creogs Over Coffee. Thanks again for listening. Aren't you glad you checked a pregnancy test?